in our entire community, every single person in that community had it never been done yeah. before. No one had ever married outside their culture, and everybody there had basically married their cousin. The <laughs> <laughs> safe option. Hey, this is Habib Ahmed. You're listening to Popcorn, a global Pakistani podcast. Each episode, I interview different guests from all over the world, and we all have one thing in common: Pakistan. Either we were born in Pakistan or we are of Pakistani descent. Today's story is another love story from Canada. It seems like a popular country for love. Our guests are Sana and Will Saleh. Sana is of Pakistani background, but she was born in Canada. Her husband Will is a born and raised Canadian and a convert, or rather, a revert to Islam. So in today's episode, Will and Sana share the story of how they met each other and how Will decided to convert from atheism to Islam, and they answer many frequently asked questions along the way. Sana and Will have a strong following on TikTok and also make videos on YouTube. They have decided to use their story to inspire and help other people and create original content from their angle. Before we dive into the stories, Sana and Will share a little bit about themselves. Okay, so my name's Sana Saleh. My name used to be Sana Mohammed, and that was what I went by before I got married, um, and before he changed his name. So I held my 28. Around there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm 28 years old now. Um, I was actually born and raised in British Columbia, Canada, and I've been to Pakistan multiple times. I still, my entire family from both sides, my mother's side and my father's side, they're all in Pakistan. Literally, we're like the only odd duckling, odd ducklings that are outside of Pakistan. My, me and my siblings were all born in British Columbia. And then um, we actually just moved to the Toronto area here in Ontario only last year. So we're quite new where we live now. Um, and also, I guess I should talk about my background. So. I went to school for social work. I have a bachelor's of social work. And then I got married and we had kids pretty much a year after we got married. And ever since that time, I've just been a business owner. I haven't gone back to the corporate world. I want to stay home with my babies. So I've been working from home ever since. And I guess my husband can share a little bit of his story now. Yeah, um, <laughs> my story. Briefly, I guess, yeah. So I, I grew up in British Columbia as well. Um, that's where we met and got married. And obviously I'm a convert, revert to Islam, so that kind of came out when I was about 23. And then after that, um, I actually I went to Pakistan for uh, Bangladesh and Pakistan for a few months and got to experience the culture firsthand, which was pretty amazing. This was, I think, right before we got married, actually, which is pretty interesting. So I got to see, I've, I've actually seen more of Pakistan than she has. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's so, true. And, and, I, and that's I've, true. I've been there for, yeah, for longer extended periods of time. But I'm an aircraft maintenance engineer by trade. And then, yeah, we kind of moved out to Toronto for work and we've been here ever since. And then Will, uh, just just to make sure that I'm doing it right, do you go by Will or William or some other name? <laughs> yeah, well, all the that's, above. The, that's the funny story. He'll, he's got literally a million different names. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, my, my first name, like originally is, is William. And then I changed my name, but I changed my name. I didn't really have a choice. So I actually, I, I spent some time with a, a Jamaat group from South Africa when I was just be, first became Muslim. And the old guy, he was a 65 year old doctor. And he, my friend introduced me to the, to the Jamaat. He, he looked at me and he said, nope. He said, I don't, I don't see a William. I see, he said, I, I just see a Muhammad. So mm -hmm. everyone just called me Muhammad William after that. 
uh, and it's stuck. And we, yeah, we travel across the country and then through Pakistan and Bangladesh and all over the place in Malaysia. And so okay. everybody's always known me as Muhammad William. So then I, I changed my name uh, legally uh, after we got married mm-hmm. um, to, to Muhammad William Saleh. But I mean, still, it's like Pakistanis as well, right? Or a lot of people in the Muslim world that, for the most part, everyone's name is Muhammad, the first name. But so that's why they go by their second name. So I kind of, I kind of fall into that too. So I, I tend <laughs> to just go by Will normally. And then if I really want to confuse people, especially like white people, I just I tell them that my name is Muhammad and then things just go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see the reactions. Yeah, exactly. So it's Will is fine. Awesome. Yeah. So day to day you go by Will. At this point, I ask Will and Sana to start sharing their story. And for that, we go back to 2009. For, for sure. sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was actually in high school at that time. And actually... Um, it started, I moved to the town which she lived in kind of by chance. I, I was actually, I was working at a fishing resort and I came back home and I just decided to move out from where my parents were. And um, so I moved into the town where we were from. I was just looking for a job at the time. I was, I think I was like 21 or 22 or something. So I, I looked around and I just came across the Future Shop. If, uh, if you remember Future Shop, if you guys had Future Shop in the States, but it's like it, an electronic yeah, store. It's, it's Best Buy now, but mm, I see. So I, I just thought, OK, I'll just apply here. And they hired me right away. And that's when I met her. I guess kind of interestingly enough, I, I saw her and then we didn't speak for three months. And then I got laid off and I got hired back uh, right away. And then that's when we finally met you know, kind of a one on one conversation, which was kind of the interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I think I had just yeah. returned back from Pakistan, actually. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. that was like right when I got back from Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had just got back from Pakistan. This is like the funniest story. We always tell people this. So we have a lunchroom where we used to work and I was sitting and eating lunch and I was I was sitting watching TV and I was watching watching Russell Peters. I'm sure you I'm sure you've heard of. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he was cracking some jokes. I don't I don't know if they're racist jokes no, or whatever. They were brown he, jokes. They were brown jokes. And of course, I started laughing. And there's always other people in the lunchroom. And I guess he was there. I, I honestly never even knew who he was, to be honest. I, I didn't I had no idea who you were. Okay. Um, and he started laughing, too. And I still remember to this day, he's like, I wasn't sure if I should laugh because you were brown. And yeah, it was one of those like, oh, that, awkward moments. You don't know if you should laugh. Is it politically correct to laugh? Or, you know, and luckily she started laughing. So then I felt it was OK to kind of express yeah. how yeah. I felt about it. What year was this, by the way? Was this like 2012 or 2009? 2009, yeah. 2009, even earlier. OK. And um, I, surprisingly enough, I was actually the first Muslim he had ever met. So mm-hmm. he had a million questions. So to give a little bit of background on his story, he grew up with no religion, like Mm -hmm. absolutely no religion, although he had explored different religions, like nothing really made sense to him. So when he realized that I was the first Muslim he had ever met, he asked me like a hundred (laughs) questions. And I and at that time, like I was young, too. I was just about to graduate high school. I couldn't really answer many of those questions. So I got him in touch with basically my dad. And from there, like we were in a really tiny little community. So I'm sure you know what Jamaats are. Jamaats would come and go. And that's kind of when he just all of a sudden just got connected with all those people. Yeah. Yeah, there was there was definitely a different things and events. But um, but that's yeah, that's kind of how we met was we went through through working at the same place and then through my interests. And obviously, I might have been, you know, I might have thought she was cute, but 
<laughs> so that's kind of how it started, right? But it, it, I felt fascinated, you know, that, and I, and, I, and I told her, I think straight up, that the only perception I had of Muslims, and this is to be quite honest, was like 9-11, was planes flying into buildings. And, and that was the only exposure that I ever had to About Islam. what a Muslim is, yeah. Um, and of course, at the time, it was it was nothing but that. Like on the news, it's all you saw. There was nothing about good Muslims or, you know, the rest of the mm-hmm. two billion people who actually practice Islam. Mm-hmm. And that's when he kind of was like, so you don't drink? I was like, no. So you don't party? No. You've never smoked? No. Like, you don't go out anywhere? No. Like, it was very, yeah. like, he was, like, fascinated because... <laughs> you do fun? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's exactly, like, yeah. like, what are you? Right. Do you live under a rock? Yeah. <laughs> like, basically, yeah. But, like, he, he didn't, like, it was foreign to him mm-hmm. because he'd never been around that. He was always around the opposite. And I think that's kind of what intrigued him, was kind of like, mm-hmm. this is different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and then um, from there, things, you know, I went to university, I went to college, I finished my my degree. And at that time, he kind of immersed himself. Well, no, he became Muslim first, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then he became Muslim after he met one of those Jamaats that I was mentioning. So up until this point, by the way, up until this point, uh, Sana, were your parents aware of anything about him? Or had they heard about him or anything? Did you bring him up? Yeah, because I actually got in touch or got him in touch with my dad, like pretty much right away. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that was that awkward at all when you got him in touch with your dad? Oh, I remember so you telling awkward. Yeah, it was so <laughs> so awkward, very awkward. And this was this was just for the purpose of introducing him to Islam. Is that right? Yeah, introducing him to Islam. And at that time, I kind of had started to have an interest, but I mean, it wasn't like, oh, hey, hey, I want to marry him. Like it was just like a here, you talk to him, see how you like him. My dad's very much the opposite of my mom was was still is he's he's a lot more open than my mom was he was kind of like you know if he's if he's muslim if this boy is muslim then i'm happy but my mom was like very much like he's got to be pakistani like (laughs) (laughs) if he's not brown it's not happening so anyway but at that time my dad kind of built this like i guess secretive relationship with my with him with my husband and yeah, yeah. It was, it was, how's that experience yeah. for you? Well, yeah, I think <laughs> awkward for sure, especially when once you come in and spend all that time, you know, he took, and he's the one that kind of took me under his wing and, you know, to, to go for prayer or to, to try to give me, give me books and prayer mats. And he was so mm-hmm. happy that, um, and, and again, in our community, there was only there's maybe, like no white Muslims. Well, there's there's maybe like 20 families. It was at the only time. Pakistanis where we lived. Yeah, and yeah. they're all Pakistani. So it was like this, like, it was like Awkward, a token like white guy. One off. Yeah. Unicorn white he guy. Out, yeah. <laughs> you stood out. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was interesting. But yeah, it was definitely a little bit awkward. But yeah, he was just he didn't care. Like he he he's one of those type that just sees right past any type of culture or color yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. which is which is funny because you would th- i always thought yeah, it would kind of be the, the complete opposite be, yeah yeah nice. mm-hmm. okay and yeah. then he became muslim and then after he became muslim that's when we were like hmm like okay so now now you're muslim like you're learning and that's kind of when we were like let's introduce this yeah. to my parents just to pause there by the way will was there a specific moment where you decided i mean uh, so you were you were going to the masjid right maybe you still hadn't fully decided yet i'm not sure entirely what you were going through was there a specific moment that really stuck out to you where you said okay i am a muslim i want to take the shahada um yeah there definitely was so that happened that was in the summer of 2009 and it was like it was almost surreal so um a jamaat from um they were from england and ireland i believe and they had come and her dad I think your brother-in-laws were here as well, yeah, or there. Were, yeah. So uh, this it was even really more yeah, even more awkward. <laughs> so it's like her dad and her two brother-in-laws came to pick me up to take mm. me to meet this this Jamaat because it was kind of a big deal that you know these foreign people come and uh, in such a small town and 
they were staying at a, at a farmhouse. One of the brothers has a, a nice farm there. Um, so it was this beautiful summer kind of evening. And I, I, met, the, I met the guys and we, we talked a little bit. And, and honestly, it was one of, those, one of those moments where it's like the, the call to prayer happened. And for me, it would, I, obviously, I didn't understand it. I didn't know what it was, but it, it, I, I, I teared up and I started to kind of cry a little bit. Um, and it was just something about it that touched my heart. And then I watched them pray. And I was watching like, you know, there was a brother, he was like African black. And then you had the Pakistanis and you had the light skinned people and all these different cultures all mixed together. Um, but everyone praying the same way, you know, following the imam who was who was like a 19 year old. He was just a kid. He was a hafiz. Mm -hmm. and, and for me, it was like that moment of my whole life. I always kind of yearned for that unity where there wasn't it, it didn't matter who you were. It didn't matter what your background was. It didn't matter anything. But except for this common denominator, which was the belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I think it was one of the brothers he told me, he said, you know, that, or maybe it was something that I had read or listened to before. But it was, you know, that even if you don't understand, just believe in that, that Allah will make everything easy for you once you kind of accept it into your heart. And, and so that, it, that night I, I took my shahada and so I took my shahada in front of her dad, her two brother-in-laws and like 30 other people sitting there like staring at me. It was like, and I, and I didn't even know that was going to happen. Yeah. I, well, I didn't even I know it was going to happen. Yeah. I remember being like, what? Yeah. You became Muslim? Like that's, yeah. I did not expect that because mm -hmm. he, he was one of those hard rocks that was kind of like, well, what about this? Well, why does this yeah, happen? Why, why would God do this? And it was like, yeah, very sure. tough questions where I couldn't answer. And that's why I kind of directed him to the people that could. But I never in a million years would have <laughs> expected that to happen. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. I see. So then you accepted Islam. So you guys met in 2009, I think, right? You also accepted Islam in 2009. Yeah, it was it was about it was probably like eight months later after we met or something eight or nine months. We, we met yeah. in the like the very beginning of two thousand. Uh, yeah, two thousand nine. And yeah, then like towards winter. the end of the summer is when I took my shahada. Yeah, got it, got it. Okay, so then then what happened? So you had accepted Islam. Then did you get a chance to meet Sana's family at that point in time? No. Uh, yeah, no, no. Just her her dad and her brother in laws um, for that. Yeah really awkward time <laughs> taking giving the shahada mm -hmm. but and i don't really mean my mom for no. five years five years yeah five years it was so what what happened in between though so after you took the shahada and everything i'm assuming you guys didn't see each other for for several years in between right yeah, yeah. i mean we, we worked together so it was uh, like we saw each long. other yeah i only worked until the end of 2009 yeah and then i was gone and then she went to school um to do her <laughs> thing um and and with myself i i kind of just I'm one of those people who, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it kind of all out. Like, I, I don't, 100%. I don't, yeah, like, I don't just kind of sit and be like, okay, I'm a Muslim. That's good enough for me now. So I spent a lot of time trying to learn the religion. And again, for we didn't have an imam. Our, our masjid, I think, was only maybe we didn't just, have a masjid. yeah, at that time. It yeah. was being built. It was under construction. You built it. Um, you helped Part of it, it, yeah. So there was really no kind of religious influence that I could do. We didn't have, again, we didn't have an, any mom there or anything. So I spent a lot of time. And one of the brothers who lived close that was actually there when I took my shahada, um, he kind of took me under his wing. Um, and he, he's one of like the Tabliki Jamaat guys, you know, very conservative, very. Yeah, very, yeah, like, very, very, yeah, very, very conservative. Like complete opposite uh, of us. <laughs> yeah. So, but for me, it was great because I, I got to spend a lot of time really understanding that 
the really conservative side of Islam, and it might have been, I think it, it did cause a lot of problems for me in the beginning, mm -hmm. um, just because, I mean, as, as we all know that Islam is all about the middle ground, it's about, like, there's, it's not about the being so liberal or being so conservative, it's mm -hmm. about having that balance in our life. But it really, it really helped me to kind of be strong when I needed it in the beginning. And then, yeah, so I think that from that time, I, I spent, you know, 40 days with the Jamaat from South Africa, I mentioned before, mm -hmm. I only crossed Canada, and that was unbelievable and amazing wow. experience for me. Um, and it was kind of at that point, I was working on the oil rigs at that time. And I just mm -hmm. decided, you know, why don't I, I went with the, went with these guys and, and it really changed my outlook because we had, mm -hmm. there was, we had uh, like a 65 year old doctor and a 65 year old scholar in the Jamaat. And, and then I had a, a brother that was around my age. And then like the rest of them were just kind of like younger, like fresh out of high school kind of guys. And just to see kind of their devotion that they had to their faith, it really, kind of opened my eyes and I think mm -hmm. later that year is when I went for four months to, to Bangladesh and Pakistan that was again a huge eye-opener for me to be able to because I, I mean I'm not a, not a cultured person at all I'm just like mm -hmm. as typical white western mm -hmm. kid as you could possibly imagine mm -hmm. so to go to to Bangladesh and then Pakistan for four months it was like that's a intense. huge culture shock yeah, for me that's intense. um and yeah. I hadn't even yeah. lived in that capacity that he went because whenever I would go to Pakistan I would just go to literally to my family's house and that's it and it would be for like two or three weeks and that's right. it. <laughs> and I think that's how it is for most of us too. Even for me, it's the same story. So I go to Pakistan. Whenever I've gone to Pakistan, I just spend time with family and never actually got a chance to explore the country. I say I want to do it, but then when you go there, you have like a thousand family members who want to see you. Yeah, that's so, so true. You got to visit everybody. You got to go to everybody's house yeah. for dinner. You got to go here. You got to go there. Yeah. It's always just family. Yeah. 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 And then even for us, sometimes we'll, uh, oftentimes, uh, me or my cousins, when we go back to Pakistan, it can be a culture shock even for us. So I can only imagine how it was for you because you grew up most of your life over here. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah all of my life, every bit of it, all yeah. of my, all of your life. yeah, the yeah, 25 years. I don't even were... think you'd left the country no. prior to that. No, mm. yeah. so my first trip out of the country was to Bangladesh and Pakistan. <laughs> I don't even, I went to like the next province over once. That was pretty much it. So. Yeah. Mm. What did you do during your time there, by the way? What did you do in Pakistan? We basically, we went to Rivand, to the, the, the markets they have there, the, their headquarters. And then they sent us out. So every, we would go out for maybe a week at a time to different localities. Um, so we went right from, from like Hyderabad in the south, like all the way up to, Bar, uh, to Barako in the north. And then like Jung and Sargoda and these different places. And, and that was what I really loved about it was that I got to kind of work on my own faith and build kind of my own understanding of Islam and um, and then have such a cool mix of people along the way because it wasn't just the Pakistanis that we were with, but we would have those the locals in the Jamaat, and then we would have people from. I mean, we went yeah, yeah one Jamaat. We, I called it the United Nations Jamaat because it was like England, Italy, Sweden, like all Australia, Germany, all these different people from all over. Our first um, trip to, to Hyderabad, we went from Lahore to Hyderabad on a train mm -hmm. um and i think it was like a 15 or 16 hour train ride mm -hmm. and it, like it's the trains that kind of you imagine like in pakistan mm -hmm. um so they said they said okay well because you know because you're from canada and you guys myself and the brother um that i was with they said well, you guys can take like the the, the day bus the nice kind of thing and the rest of us because we can't afford it we'll just take the train mm -hmm. so i said no i said you guys go i'm going where you guys go so we, we all went on the train together and it was like there was there was no electricity on the train. Um, the windows didn't close properly. It was full of dust. It was the most rickety thing. And it, it was just like this unbelievable. I've yeah, never even been in one. <laughs> unbelievable journey. And then kind of along the way, it really 
at least for myself, I, I, when I, when I came to Bangladesh, I had like this big military backpack with like medical kits and all this stuff. And by the time, like I left, I was going out for like a week or two at a time. And I had like a little laptop bag and that's everything I needed. I had in it just like two chadras and like nothing basically. Right. So it really kind of showed me that you really don't need a lot to kind of get by, yeah. but yeah, just the people and, the, and, and honestly, like when I was in Hyderabad, they found out that my favorite food were, were like French fries. <laughs> So, so we would spend maybe like a night or two in each little masjid and then we would kind of just bounce around. So we'd have like the local kids that they would kind of, they would know where we're going and they would stick with us. We had this little gang that followed us. Um, but everywhere we went, like everybody's mom would send French fries, their own, like their own take on French fries for me to come to the masjid. Like a desi twist on French fries, I'm guessing. Exactly, exactly. Add a chaat masala to it or something. Yeah, exactly. That's so, so sweet. To have that love. And I think, honestly, I think like Pakistan is, it has a, quite a bad reputation not that it itself has the reputation but it kind of has this like people look at pakistan as like oh it's a dangerous place or oh it's this or it's that but i mean like my time there i was i felt so loved and like accepted and it's complete opposite of what a lot of people perceive it to be here in the west so i think mm -hmm. that yeah mm -hmm. that's awesome yeah amazing story so during this time that will was strengthening his religion sana was studying at university then they were going to reconnect Turns out the way they would reconnect would be via a middleman. So the, the, the brother that I went with to Pakistan, he, he was the one who was with us uh, when I took the Shahada. He was actually the one who called the Adhan that made me cry. Mm -hmm. um, but he, it turns out he was actually like a family friend of Sana's, yeah, of her parents. Very, very good family friend. So when I went with him, I mean, we became like family. Like he was like, like my father. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when we kind of talked along the way and about you know, like getting married and because he's again, he's that very conservative guy that's like, well, you know, you're Muslim. You need to get married. You yeah. need to have a wife and family and all this stuff right away. <laughs> yeah. So we started talking about it. So then I, I said, you know what? Well, what about what about Sana? And he was super happy because he knows the family and, and he's known her for however long since she was a little kid. And so that was kind of our plan is that he even he even took me to like Junaid's and all these like places to shop <laughs> to shop for clothes for my wedding when I come home, um, which was a, an amazing experience from a guy that like only wears like a white like shalwar kameez and turban like that kind of like. For him to do that, I, I, it was it was incredible. So that was the plan when we came back: is that he would he would on, on my behalf he would kind of propose to the family, and as the traditional kind yeah, of way, yeah yeah yeah. Do you want to tell? Do you want to say how? Oh, that that did not that did not go over well. <laughs> really, I still remember the day he came uh, over to my family, and it, there was so many tears, and I bawled my eyes out, and my mom was just like, "No!" Like all those years, I spent a lot of uh, years in tension and tears and. There was a lot of disconnect between, you know, me and my mom and my dad was all for it. He's like, I'm cool. Yeah. He's like, yeah, she can marry him. <laughs> uh, and my mom was not. Yeah. not. And so now during this whole time, for all those years you were in university, did you already have it in your mind that eventually this will happen? Yeah, I did. No, I did. I thought I definitely thought that we would hopefully get married. And I thought, you know, by completing university, by him yeah. going and working on himself, that that would be kind of enough for them to be like, okay you know because i was a kid in the beginning mm -hmm. like i was yeah. i was 17 and so i was like you know what let me just mature myself a little bit and he can mature himself a little bit maybe that'll be enough for them to say yes like it's been so many years and you're still your heart is still set mm -hmm. on him then then yes but it was a, a straight up no yeah <laughs> so. i think the term was like don't ever bring this up again yeah it's not happening yeah <laughs> wow really yeah, yeah. It was, it was and then I know in, in our culture, also for girls, it can be very difficult because there's a lot of pressure to get married as fast as possible, too. 
So mm. did you get any of that where uh, your mom was like, oh, you, you're getting rishtas or, or things like that, you know, you should yeah, I did. consider them. How, do you, how did you handle that? There was a lot of that and there was a lot, just a lot of tears and I just kept pushing back and saying, no, like, let me finish university. That was kind of my excuse, I guess you could say mm. that. Yeah. Um, I wanted to finish school and I was like, no, not right now, not right now, not right now. And it, yeah, it was hard. <laughs> it was really hard. My older brother, one of my brothers, he also got married to a white non-Muslim woman, but she had converted to Islam prior to meeting him. Mm -hmm. And even then my dad was just like you guys, my dad was completely open. He was very chill about it. He was like, oh, that's cool. That's, you know, let's do it. And then my yeah. mom, it took two years to convince my mom. Wow. Uh, what is with the moms, right? <laughs> It's a mom's. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So it sounds like a very difficult situation. Then then what happened? So what she said absolutely no. Um, what year was that? That was 2013. Yeah. Okay. So the month of Ramadan happened. And yeah, this is where the magic Yeah. Happened. And so we're at that point, right? Like I I was kind of bummed out and, and um oh, that it I, didn't work out. I just want to say yeah. at this point, William was leading prayers in our masjid. So at this point the masjid was built. And he mm. was he was literally leading prayers mm -hmm. for. So you were the imam. Yeah, he was, yeah. and and there was so many people that had led the prayers over the years in that like in our community, and they were pushing him in the front and mm -hmm. saying, "You lead the prayer." I didn't have a choice. <laughs> yeah, he he never had a choice, and so my mom choice. like like did not even know that he had attended the masjid or yeah. that he even knew Arabic or that and she knew nothing, right? Because it was just a straight up, he's white. No, it's not happening. She didn't know anything. And so Ramadan happened and we would go for Tarawi. Yeah. To, to play devil's advocate here for a moment, I'm sure it's not only because I was white uh, that <laughs> her mom said no, but just given the fact that she's uh, obviously very cultured from Pakistan and, um, and then has obviously has seen so many people here, uh, at least where, where we're from, right? That that's the, they kind of marry by choice or be, out of the, yeah, they, they, they disrespect the parents. They're yeah. like, I'm doing it and they do it. And then they end up divorced or alone. And they're now they're 30 and they've got kids. That was out more out of love, I'm sure, than it was out of me being white. Uh, yeah. I <laughs> so, so just to just to play that card, just to stand up for her, because she's downstairs right now watching our kids. So I want to be nice just in case she hears uh, yeah, this. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. I do. I do want to hone into that, though. I, maybe Sana has some uh, better perspective on this where I, I'd like to understand what is the core issue? Because again, he's already converted to Islam. He's established, right, for a few years with the religion. So then was, I, I know there's a cultural difference, but what exactly is it that can bother our parents about this type of uh, interracial mm -hmm. marriage? One thing was like, he won't ever understand our language. The mm -hmm. second thing was like, he won't eat the same food we mm -hmm. eat. Um, he won't dress the same as how we dress. How will you raise your kids in a different mm -hmm. culture? Like, he'll he, will he take you to his house and his parents that are not Muslim and mm -hmm. make you live there. And it was all these like unknowns, I guess, that she was thinking of, you know, like how, how is this going to work? Because like Islam wasn't to her, she didn't quite understand how he immersed himself because I think in know. her mind, yeah, in her mind, it was like, Oh, he became Muslim for her. Mm -hmm. And that's the only mm -hmm. reason why she didn't know right. that he had actually become Muslim like for himself mm -hmm. um, because he genuinely had changed. And she didn't know any of that. She just thought, okay, he just did it just to marry her type of thing. So it's almost like an, an overanalyzing of like Everything. all of these little things all and of all these of these little, little things. things end up into one big thing, which is just like, no, straight up. No. seems like it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Yeah. And also, I guess it, it might also be that it's never been done before, right? In a specific family. Ever. When there's never. a first time for something like that, it can be really scary for our relatively traditional parents. 
in our entire community, every single person in that community had it never been done yeah. before. No one had ever married outside their culture, and everybody there had basically married their cousin. The <laughs> 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 safe option. Where we lived, it's true yeah, though. No, it's yeah, true. where it's we true. lived, where we were. Yeah, it's, it's very common. Yeah, I know. Very small town, like very small town. So. <laughs> Okay, yeah, okay, I see. So so then back to the Yemuzjet story. How did you build a relationship with her mom? Yeah, so this this is the miracle of the way that Allah, you know, you can, you can plan, but Allah is the best of planners. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it, it was, I, I had just came back from Pakistan and we did the proposal. It, it did not work out. It was kind of like the end of the road. I, don't, I wouldn't say we kind of gave up, but it was really like there's nothing else that we can do at this point other than like run away and get married. But I mean, that's not, we didn't really, that was never an option for us. We didn't, mm -hmm. uh, on my part, I, mm -hmm. I see destroying somebody's family as a, a good means of starting a relationship. Yeah. When Ramadan happened, it actually, it happened in the last 10 days of Ramadan. So they were coming for Taraweeh, Sana and her mom and, and her dad, obviously. We had, we had a, a hafiz come to do the Taraweeh prayer, um, but I would call the Adhan. Um, and, and there's so, a barrier, so we can't see anything. All we can he do is yeah, hear, hear the voice. Yeah, we can just kind of hear. And I guess she yeah. she had heard that, and but she didn't know it was me, um, at least right away. Mm -hmm. And then in the last 10 days of Ramadan, I was making itikaf in the masjid. And just, I don't even know how or why, but I, I talked to her after, like like years later, and I said, like, what was it that, like, why would you even, what happened? <laughs> um, and she said that she was reading reading the Quran, um, and she came across uh, verses of the Quran, which talks about like um, not being judgmental and giving people kind of like, a, I don't remember what it was, but exactly. But to, to give people a chance, don't just judge them and assume you know who they are or whatever. And, From the Quran. Yeah. yeah. And so mm -hmm. and so when she found out that it was me calling the Adhan, I guess she really she, took, yeah. she really liked it. I like, think she asked my dad and mm -hmm. said, "Who who's the one that always calls the prayer? Because I've never heard their voice and their voice is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. and And then from there... Uh, it became really strange because she would then get Sana's dad to bring me food in the masjid. Um, to hold, to hold your to, fast. Yeah, like to break my fast with us. And I was like, it was kind of odd um, because it, he would bring it. But I think in the beginning, he didn't even tell me. He was just kind of like, here, this is this is from our family. So you can, you know, break your fast, whatever. And, and then randomly... Like straight up randomly, I got she 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 tucked a little note inside the, the biani or whatever it was that, <laughs> that it had, mm -hmm. and I I read this note and I was like I was blown away because it wasn't like a it wasn't like a. Do you still have that note? No, maybe oh. I don't. Um, it wasn't. It, how do I say? I don't even know how to say this. It's so it was like. It wasn't like I, I'd like to get to know you and, and talk and stuff. It was like, I would love for you to marry my daughter. Oh, it was straight up. The first note ever. Yeah. The first communication ever. I was like... Because you'd never spoken. You'd no. never talked on the phone. You'd never nothing. No. And so mm -hmm. it totally caught me by surprise. like blew me away. And then I, I said, well, I don't really have anything that would be of value to give to you. But so I, I kept a journal with me when I was in Pakistan. So I, I gave it to her as kind of like I just so she could kind of see how my time was and just to get to know me a little bit better. So I mean, I, I think I got it back years later, but she kept it for the longest time. So she kind of got to understand a little bit more about me, like my spiritual side. And then from there, I think, was it was it that Eid that or was it Eid al -Adha? No, so that, that first Eid we met. My mom invited you. Yeah, over. that's what it was. Yeah, I had the interview. The, the big interview was on. The was big on interview. Eve. Yeah. So she had called. Yeah. I guess she had actually made contact and said, "Like, what's your phone number? Let's actually mm -hmm. talk this time." Um. So they had talked, mm -hmm. and that's when I realized, "Oh my god!" Like my mom's talking to him. This is like I never in a million mm -hmm. years thought that would happen. 
And she told me, she's like, so he's coming over for Eid and your sisters are going to be here from, from Calgary. And all of us, we're going to have a meeting with him. Yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. And by the way, how long after the no was this? I got the note in the last 10 days of Ramadan oh, and on Eid, I was yeah. at her house. Yeah, so. you're right. So it, it was a few weeks later, maybe a month later. Yeah, yeah I guess yeah. so. And it sounds like, so what made her kind of come around to considering it is uh, seeing your will, your commitment to the religion. Uh, as far as I can calculate from, from everything, I think um, it was, that was what it was, is that Allah opened her heart. And then she yes. gave me an honest chance to kind of prove myself, even though mm -hmm. she was just like, yep, you're the one. And I was like, <laughs> what? Like literally before <laughs> even knowing yeah. what his face before, like. Before I'd ever actually even sat down with her and had a conversation, yeah. she'd kind of already said, that that i'm cool with this um and then yeah and then i had to sit in front of her sisters and her brother-in-laws and they're asking they me all him. these questions yeah. and like yeah. wow yeah. so tell, tell us a little bit about your family by the way sana you mentioned sisters are you the youngest of your family i am yes i'm the youngest my older siblings uh, no one had at that point lived where we lived they had already gotten married and had had kids um, and they lived in calgary so they lived an eight-hour drive from where we were but they would always come for eid they would always come for holidays mm -hmm. they were over all the time and that was yeah that was very interesting when when we had yeah. that that interview yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. so will came over and then he was bombarded with questions uh, like everything from like what are your strengths what are your weaknesses what would oh, you, it was like a job what would you do if you got into an it's argument like, exactly and that that's like her yeah. older sister that she's very like the analytical type so she's mm -hmm. she's asking those type of questions i'm like man I, I mean i didn't prepare for this like I, <laughs> I didn't know what i was getting myself into uh, also let's hear a little bit about your family will we didn't talk about them yeah was there an angle there uh did, were they involved or did you kind of just do this independently yeah, no. So like my parents and I have always been really close. Um, me and my siblings have never really been too close uh, since we kind of grew up. Mm -hmm. When I became Muslim, like I didn't tell them right away because my family, like my father especially, was very anti-religion and, and saw it as a, as a bad, evil thing. And then especially it's like, it's like, you know, it'd be bad enough if you became a Christian. Like, now, what is this? You're a what? <laughs> a Muslim? So we 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 never really had a relationship yeah i mean like that side of it we didn't really talk about it and then like when i did tell them that i'm muslim um i had kind of already played it out so that they were basically like well duh yeah we know that just to kind of i didn't want to be really harsh and and, and kind of I wanted it to be easy for them to kind of digest. Mm -hmm. So in terms of with, with Sana, no, there, there, it was basically all me and, you know, this, this friend of mine, family friend of hers that had kind of taken me under his wing. But that being said, I, you know, our, our wedding, my parents and my nieces came to our wedding. Mm -hmm. So this, the, the big meeting happened, the, the question and answer period on Eid al-Fitr. And then on the day of Arafat, we got, married. we got married. So literally just very yeah. close like two months yeah we had our, our walima in the masjid and we did the nikah and uh, and that was it we had we waited to do the whole shebang yeah so you were married in two months yeah so, isn't that crazy that's, that's so yeah. crazy it's pretty quick yeah how fast i got i got married to my wife i think five months after getting engaged and then we had just met so about six months since we met Oh, yeah, it was, it was probably like that, right? Because it was a summer, and I think the next early spring we had like the, the wedding, and and my parents came, and my and my and they came. Like my dad wore it wore a juba, uh, which is like my dad's a biker, oh, wow. right? So he had bald <laughs> yeah. head tattoos, and then he's like wearing like this Moroccan juba. <laughs> like, oh, cool. Wow. Um, yeah. So yeah. they're 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 very supportive. They didn't honestly. They they saw it a bit differently than I did, right? They saw it like, okay, well, quit wasting your time, just move on and and get on with life, basically. 
Um, but obviously, Allah had different plans, and mm-hmm. so. But but yeah, they they supported it. Mm-hmm. It was always easy on my side. It was it was her side that was a bit more challenging mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see. So we did the nikah that Eid al-Adha. We did it very very simple. Just had some close friends and family, and then yeah. I I still stayed at my parents' house, yeah. very much like other people <laughs> still do couldn't live until, with me until the ruksabi. <laughs> but at that point, he had he would come over like well, every day. Well, he was part of the family. Yeah, no, they, her. I think it was her dad or her, her dad said he's like, well, dad. why doesn't he just live here? Yeah, he, he yeah. gave so him I a started, spare bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> we slept in different rooms. Yeah. It was, it was <laughs> the awesome. weirdest kind of thing. but uh... We were married, but yeah. And then, and then literally just like five months later, we had like the mendi, the, the barat, and then yeah. the valima. The and, yeah, the ruk- awesome. mm-hmm. I see. So, and then which year was that, by the way? Sorry, it was 2013 when we had the nikah. Yeah, and, and then, then 2014 yeah. is when we had the... the... The wedding, and then you were finally together. Yeah. yeah. I see. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you, now you have two kids, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah. What are are some really common questions that you get? Is there a pattern among the the questions? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. How did you guys meet? Is he Muslim? Yeah. And then... Tattoos are haram, brother. Yeah, tattoos are haram. Do you have tattoos? I yeah. Tell, yeah, pre previously to, to me becoming Muslim. I see. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, another one that we get is um, I'm in the exact same yeah. situation as you. How did your parents say yes to him? Yeah, so that's, that's probably the biggest yeah, that we get. Like that's the biggest huge messages, literally every. And then single we just—that's why we made that YouTube video is because we get asked that all the time, and so we just direct them there. Mm-hmm. It just kind of explains, right? Like how mm-hmm. you know, how the whole thing yeah. went, and mm-hmm. yeah. Do you get a lot of questions that are like, "Oh, he hasn't converted yet, or she hasn't converted yet"? Uh, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. How should I approach this? Yeah, yeah, it's also one of the one of the bigger ones is that I'm in a relationship with so and so, and they're not Muslim yet, but they want to learn. And what um, do I do? You know, what do we do? How can we kind of proceed? Yeah. What should we do? And yeah. So it's it's it puts us yeah. in kind of a precarious situation because we're not scholars. I mean, we've spent I spent yeah. the last ten years of my life kind of spending time with scholars and and learning as much as I can. But um, I I know enough to know that it's, it's a very touchy subject. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it's also one that I think a lot of people are not willing to go to the imam because they don't understand. Mm-hmm. They're not willing to go to their family because it may be a cultural situation kind of like what we dealt with that mm-hmm. they, they don't understand or that they, they don't want to just kind of mm-hmm. think that there's no hope that this could ever work for them. Yeah. So they look at us and they're like, well, you guys you know, seem to make it work. What do we do? How do we do it? Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And these are messages from everywhere, yeah, all, all over the around world. the world, yeah. like all around the world, places I would never yeah. even think that mm-hmm. this is happening. Yeah. So and even people yeah. that aren't in relationships and are just pondering Islam, there's a lot of those people that have been messaging us too, like, hey, like I've, you know, like you are a revert and, you know, how does that work? You know, I've just been exposed to Islam for the first time after watching your TikTok mm-hmm. videos, like tell me more. It's a, it's kind of a big spot to be in because it's like people expect a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing, right? You don't, you don't realize that this much is happening across the world because day to day you meet people outside, you know, on the, on the street, at school, at work. You don't really hear their stories like that. You just hear them, you know, how's the weather? You just have small talk. Yeah. But you don't really discuss like these types of situations. But now, now that you're in an, on a platform and you're kind of mm-hmm. at the center of it, right? It's amazing how many stories open up and how many people are willing to open up to you. Yeah. And so much that people expect, I guess, sometimes from you by having a platform, they expect that wisdom out of you. Like you're, you can answer all their questions or frustrations. <laughs> it's uh, very interesting. Mm. I ask Will and Sana, what it's like to be in an interracial marriage and 
how they mix and blend into each other's cultures and families. It's interesting because, like, like she said, that a lot of the things that her her mom kind of perceived to be an issue along the way, whether it be language, culture, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's it's one of those things, right? Like, if you really care, like, if for in terms of like an intercultural type relationship, you've got to understand that there's a lot of differences on both sides, mm -hmm. and and it was I don't know if it was just the luck of the draw, or obviously that yeah. Allah's plan is 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 that way mm -hmm. that. I went to Pakistan and, and, and our community in back home was, was Pakistani and uh, the Jamaats where I would go, you know, three days here, three days there. It was there. so familiar, um, yeah. Yeah, I... I, I He'd eat right nothing but Yeah, right from the beginning that I had no problem experiencing. <laughs> chai. He drinks he drinks chai three times a day. I don't even drink <laughs> chai. I don't even drink yeah. chai. He's, he's straight up mm -hmm. mixed. So right spending here. so much time with Pakistanis and then having gone to Pakistan, I was in, I was in Pakistan for 80 days and in that time, you know, there's so much culture and so you learn so much and you know we would have this one one thing we would do where uh, they would say okay you have to go and give dawah you know like preach to somebody 25 times before you go to sleep tonight Wow, uh, and that was in in Riven. So you've got I think thirty or forty thousand people that circulate in mm. and out of that place all the time. Yeah. Um. And so half the time it would be someone just sit down, whether they're speaking in Pashto or Urdu or whatever, and they would just give it would give dawah. They would just preach to me, and I'm just like, okay, yep, yeah, okay, okay. So the the more exposure I had to it, the more understanding of the language. <laughs> so I don't I don't speak Urdu. Um, but, but he understands. Like, yeah, I understand. I can, have, I can have like a full conversation with my mom, and he'll be like, "Oh, so that's what happened." And I'm yeah. like, "Oh my god!" Like how he understands. So, you mean you need to make the effort, right? That I, I was lucky that I was exposed to it. Um, for people that aren't that lucky, yeah. Um, if you want to make it work, you, you know, especially in terms of of someone else's parents, whether it be the husband or the wife and and their culture. It was my, my I mean, obviously, my side. Son was raised, born and raised in Canada, so there was no real culture. She grew up and went to school, and just like everybody else did so mm -hmm. there wasn't any culture issue on that side it was certainly only her side mm -hmm. um but the understanding that you know her mom can feel comfortable that on Eid we you know we dress up uh, half the time usually mm -hmm. that we're all wearing you know traditional Pakistani clothing or yeah. I'll, I'll wear a juba or, or whatever mm -hmm. and, and the food I mean we all eat the same food and uh, for the most part yeah um, and then language, same kind of thing. And I, and I understand the culture. So yeah. you really need to make an effort to understand each other's culture because yeah. that makes, honestly, that was one of the easiest transitions that we had, which was the biggest speed bumps yeah. for her mom in the beginning. Yeah. was like, oh, wow. So you know everything about, you know, about, this, about yeah. what, it, what we are. I and think that sort had of you stuff. not gone to Pakistan, yeah. it would have yeah. been a way different yeah, story. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. That's true. Yeah, just going to Pakistan kind of helped you bridge a, a better connection right not just to the religion but to the culture as well so uh you had a better shot absolutely yeah. seemed to work out all right yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah do you guys plan to go to pakistan at some point in the future together My well she, she says yeah she sana says no um <laughs> and her mom says okay so you guys when, when are you gonna go and get your green cards like come on like tomorrow like she literally <laughs> said that to me last week she's like so we can go tomorrow then right yeah yeah, yeah. I don't. I know that we don't have any immediate plans. Um, I would certainly like to go. I just um, worry. I don't she, know yeah, the whole just... Corona thing. Oh yeah, of course not. Not any time in the next year. Yeah, probably. We'll leave that out of the equation for the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I would like to just because there's a lot of things like when I was there that I didn't. It wasn't really like a touristy thing. I would love to go to to like Salat and Kashmir up in the north mm -hmm. and just see kind of how like, like gorgeous the country too. really I've is. I've literally and... never gone sightseeing. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah. When I went to Pakistan, so when when they formed or when they ask you like where would you like to go like in the Jamaat, 
I, I told them I was like, I want to go to Waziristan and Sawat. And they're like, nope, not happening. Yeah. So it even like even on my uh, my visa, it said like there's there's areas where if you go, like we're not helping you, like you're on your own. So it was oh, yeah. like yeah, travel restrictions and stuff. So yeah, I think I think things have changed a lot. That was yeah. again, that was that was quite a while ago. Yeah, a long time. I think yeah, I think things have changed. And honestly, like I mean, I know there's a lot of issues, obviously, with India and Kashmir and everything going on right now. Um, but it's. <sighs> The culture, I mean, it's, it's, the people are so, at least in my experience, I guess I can only speak for myself, but they're so sweet and so, mm -hmm. hu like, so humble. And, and I mean, I, sp I spent some time with uh, some, some brothers. Um, they're from Lucky Marwat, which is like, an, it's in the NWFP. Someone doesn't know what I'm talking about here. I have but, no idea. <laughs> um, so they're from the mountains, right? And, and I was thinking, you know, like these guys are there, like hard, tough people. But they were like the sweetest people I'd ever met in my life. Like they would like sit you down and like, just like give you like a head massage just Aww. because like they're patans, right? <laughs> and I'm thinking like th these guys are unbelievable. Um, and they yeah. were out for actually out for a year on foot all over Pakistan. But it just everywhere that we went, it was the people were so sweet and they were so kind. And I never had any issues at all in terms of feeling unsafe or I, other people did like like the brother i was with he's like okay so uh, we were in hyderabad and I, and I think there was a there was a bombing that took place and he's like okay so you're not going anywhere you're staying here you know you're not going out and so it was very much more like me i was like i don't care whatever but in terms of the country itself and i think honestly i think it, it is it's nice to see that people are starting to see it for what it is not for what kind of the outside world kind of demonizes it to be yeah, it's easy to get distracted, I think, by the coverage that certain incidents get versus mm -hmm. the day-to-day -day life that you're actually experiencing right over there um, or anywhere, to be honest, yeah. with the people that you'll meet. Your interactions with them won't get written down in a in a newspaper and come on headlines like, oh, uh, man, man gives another man a scalp massage. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, right, out of the kindness of his heart, that's not going to become a news story. But uh, it's it's important to make sure that you understand the scale of certain issues because they're coming on the news for for a reason. But they can easily cloud your your judgment, and uh, it's great you understand that. Will yeah, yeah One last question. The last name, your last name, Saleh, was that part of the name that you inherited, Will, when you converted? So the first name was was because of Dr. Qasim from South Africa. I had no choice just because everybody knew me as Muhammad yeah. Williams. So, um, yeah. And then I decided, you know, because that honestly with my parents, the, the, the conversion part wasn't a big deal, but the name, name changing change. was huge. That was the thing um, that upset I, them the most. Yeah, so that like I'm the last of my family lineage, lineage essentially so yeah. um, it's my responsibility to carry on my family name so yeah. even though like w my name's been changed you know it was changed like thousand years ago or whatever and that didn't matter so that was a big deal so I I, I kept William because I felt like you know what my That's last name, name is just inherited. It's just something that you're stuck with. You don't have a choice. But the name William is what my parents chose for me, even though they called me Billy my entire life, uh, <laughs> which is somehow short for William, I guess. Oh. Um, so so I, I went with Muhammad William um, to keep that out of respect for my parents. And then Saleh, I just... Honestly, I like the name. Uh, that was my choice. So it was it was Dr. Qasim's choice for the first one, for my parents for the second, and then the last name was my choice. And I, and I chose that um, obviously because the of the meaning, right? It, the it, it, it yeah. kind of it exemplified everything that my parents wanted 
me to be or my with their kids to be yeah. which was to be to be righteous whether you're religious or not you know to be upright to be to be as pious as you could be in terms of being a good human being and mm-hmm. um so it was kind of an out of respect for them um one that I, that I like the name i love i love the name and so and it, what really hit me was when our daughter was born our first daughter amina it was like I, amina muhammad is what i think it was mm-hmm. or baby baby muhammad is what it was my, my name uh, so that was her name and, my and, name. and i was like you know what we're never gonna have the same name or the, the same kind of at least with like the white culture it's like you get married you become in you know, the you same last name, name. And, you hadn't changed yeah. your name prior so that to was, our baby yeah so when, when mm-hmm. that when my daughter was born i really kind of just decided like you know what i want us to kind of all have the same mm-hmm. family name and you know now alhamdulillah we're, mm-hmm. we're all just the saleh family yeah right. now we're the saleh right. family mm-hmm. fantastic yeah i know sona you kind of mentioned you after you had your kids you started your own business slash brand right you have a presence on youtube tiktok well, tell us a little bit about your brand i guess and then what got you into that I have no idea. <laughs> it just, it, it kind of happened. I was far from being public on social media. Uh, when I first started, I, I was a makeup artist also, and I would, po- I would post pictures of other people and never myself. And then I started doing my business and I realized that people responded better to purchasing products when I would show my own face using the products. So that's when I started establishing my brand a little bit more. And believe it or not, we didn't start doing TikTok until February of this year. Mm-hmm. And we've we've grown to almost a quarter of a million followers in literally five months. Mm-hmm. And that has in turn expanded my YouTube, my Instagram, our everything. Like our, our platforms have just become huge. And William is not a social media person. <laughs> like he he That's didn't friend he didn't friend me on Facebook until like I don't even know. Like 10 years after we met. Yeah. <laughs> like he just, doesn't, he just doesn't use social media. So for him to just all yeah. of a sudden have millions of views on TikTok, it's just like kind of a big deal for him. So yeah. And now that we, we just love doing it. We love yeah. creating content. And we noticed that when we first started, like we noticed people loved the mixed culture. Like that was like the biggest mm-hmm. thing was like people would message us and still do every single day asking for advice because they're in similar situations as us. So. You can find the links to follow Sana and Will on TikTok and Instagram on our episode's description. If you have any questions, feel free to message them directly. And if you have any comments and feedback about this episode or this podcast, feel free to email us at hello at popcord.com or DM us on Instagram at popcord. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Well, again, thanks so much for doing this. No, anytime. We're happy, we're happy yeah. to do it. It's been fun. Yeah, this was awesome. Assalamualaikum. Thanks so much. Man. Take care.